and welcome to LinkedIn for Lawyers, True Stories of Client Acquisition Told by Attorneys. My name is Nick Ramajan. I'll be your host for this half hour. We stream every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Pretty easy to catch us that way and find prior episodes. You do a quick search for LinkedIn for Lawyers. You put it in quotes. It's pretty easy. Likewise, you can find the show and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, which I personally use to listen to podcasts on my Android phone. Uh, so it's pretty easy to get a hold of us. So you can definitely like and subscribe and share this episode. Uh, I produce this as uh, the co-founder of Video Socials. We are a marketing service, predominantly for attorneys, but also accountants, coaches, and consultants. We come together in video blogging clubs and record together. We have a great time producing videos that then get posted on LinkedIn using our automation app. We're marketing partners with LinkedIn, but also with WordPress and Facebook and YouTube. So our automation software interfaces as push button posting. But I like to prove to people that LinkedIn is not just a social media like Facebook or TikTok to chat and hang out, but it's a productive tool. It's a way for us to develop relationships with potential clients and referral relationships. So LinkedIn does work. And I like to bring on, in this case, attorneys to talk about how they've gotten clients from LinkedIn. For example, our special guest today, Dan Cotter. I don't know if you can hear my phone that's ringing in the background. Uh, hopefully you can't. Uh, but I forgot to mute it for this episode, but I have a pretty good directional mic, so it should be all good. Uh, Dan, welcome. Thank you for having me, Ben. Uh, look forward to the chat. I'm looking forward to you just sharing because uh, you are among a very small minority of people in general, let alone attorneys, who have gotten business from LinkedIn to actually show that this thing works um, and that uh, there are ways to do it. Um, some people hire marketing professionals to get it done. Some people are very strategic about it. Uh, it doesn't need to be that machine and strategic or uh, contrived. It can be in a natural course of events, which I'd love to get to know you. Before we go into how LinkedIn has worked for your practice, can you share a little bit about your practice area, about the firm, about what you do for a living? Sure. Uh, I'm an attorney at Howard & Howard Attorneys PLLC out of the Chicago office. We were uh, formed in Royal Oak, Michigan about 152, almost 153 years ago now. I practice. Yeah, I'm not that old, but uh, the, the firm is. Uh, I practice in the corporate and transactional group and have a pretty broad umbrella of practices. Uh, about half my work is insurance regulatory and transactional. I spent 16 and a half years in house at insurance companies and handled uh, pretty broad uh, practices. Uh, and the other half is made up of outside general counsel work where I help with all aspects of clients' needs, uh, regardless of their size. Um, I do some privacy and cyber within that. I've been in that since 96. And so it's kind of a broad umbrella, but it's all in a corporate and transactional, including complex uh, transactions. Do you find yourself working in specific sectors or is it across the board, across industry? Or And, and when you say cyber, is it within the cyber industry or as the cybersecurity professional, like as from privacy as it turns to, to the law? So, so privacy and cyber, I mean, I started out, like I said, I worked six and a half years in-house and I, yeah. I did the privacy and cyber and developed disclaimers for uh, CNA Financial back in the day when I was there as Y2K general counsel. Sure. Uh, but that's turned into more of a, a broad, pretty industry agnostic in terms of privacy and cyber. I uh, help uh, companies and, and startups or existing companies with their web page disclaimers and privacy policies, including California, 
and all the requirements out there, including GDPR. Right. I draft some incident response plans and uh, also help them when they have breaches and things and have been a coach for uh, several clients. Yeah, so it sounds like it is across the board, right? So it, it can be really large firms and really complex stuff, or it could be a relatively small company as well. Exactly. That's exactly yeah, so right. That keeps it interesting, right? Because it's not necessarily all size fits all, right? I mean, you have to kind of determine what they actually need, or is it overkill, or what, what you know, from a, a real... Right, right. And depending on what they're collecting, and a lot of yeah. companies, you know, depending on what they're selling, products or services, they've got everybody third-party, right, in terms of... Yeah taking credit cards, taking information. Right. So they don't really don't have any information. So yeah, you're right. It really depends on the, the particular company. Which is why I also asked about like the sector, but it sounds like it's across the board, right? So it can be from an e-commerce perspective where they're collecting credit cards, et cetera, or it could be informational where they're collecting email addresses and other type of personally identifiable information. So it, it varies per company. But do you find yourself, is there a, a cluster or a concentration in, in a particular area over another? You know, not really, um, no. it, because, again, you know, you see, I, I saw today that there was a $160 million settlement for a class action for a breach uh, with the company. I don't remember the company right now. It's happening to everybody, right? Everybody's subject yeah. to these uh, hackers. And right. um, so it, it really is agnostic and uh, really don't see a cluster of any industry in particular. Cool. So talk to me about the world of LinkedIn. How... When did you start using LinkedIn? What do you find yourself doing on LinkedIn? Are you very active? Do you consider yourself very active? Like, What do you do with LinkedIn before we actually get into how it works for you? So I've been using LinkedIn almost since the beginning. Oh, yeah. uh, when, when they celebrated their 10th anniversary, I got a note from uh, the founder. I can't remember his name right now. Reed Hoffman. Um, Was it Reed Hoffman the, or, or one of his uh, lackeys that sends automated emails? Well, it's probably, yeah, probably, the, probably the latter. Uh, so I've been using it. I, uh, when I joined LinkedIn, uh, one of my uh, former colleagues had said, hey, here's a great platform, you know, for jobs and other things. And so back in the day, at least from what I recall, there was a very long questionnaire at the beginning that, that had a lot of questions. It wasn't like now, you know, where you join and just kind of you can put a couple things up. It was yeah. pretty detailed. It was almost like putting a resume in and, you know, typing it all in. And so I've been a member since I, I've, uh, you know, I, I do consider myself active. I'm on every day. Um, I post about three to four or five times a week. Um, sometimes That's practically more. daily. I mean, if you're four yeah. or five times, you know, five yeah. times the work day, work week, right? So yeah. that's pretty active. So what are you posting? Like, what do you tend to put out there? I post a wide variety of stuff. So I write and, and speak a lot and, and, and publish a lot. So I put those yeah. things out when I when I write those articles. Um, and where do you where do you have those? Not to cut you off, but where do you have those articles? Is it like on the firm's website or as a publisher? Or yeah, talk to us about that. Uh, it varies uh, on my on my firm website. A lot of the the things that I uh, publish get posted there, um, but also just other stuff as well. And so I, I provide links or the PDF of those uh, documents. Um, on weekends, I tend to do. Uh, book re book reviews. I uh, started doing that uh, last year during the or this year during the pandemic. And so on Saturday and Sunday, I'll I'll write about a book that I've read during the, the previous week. Um, and, and so those get a lot of engagement. Yeah. Um, I do a podcast uh, on appellate uh, decisions with with a co-host. And so sometimes we post on that. Um, I post a lot on on cyber and privacy and other topics. So it just varies. 
uh, depending on what I've written or, or what's uh, topical. I also uh, spend a lot of time uh, writing and thinking and reflecting upon the Supreme Court of the United States. And so that gets posted as well. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna parse that a little bit more because you laid out a lot of different like three major areas, right? You talked about book reviews, which I want to hear about of what's you know you're gonna give us a sneak preview, hopefully, of what this weekend's book review is gonna be about. Then I want to dive into what your podcast is about, who you interview around the appellate stuff, and then you talk about like SCOTUS and keeping up with SCOTUS uh, 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 news in general. So talk to us about book reviews. So. As by way of an example, if you don't want to give us a sneak preview, you can talk about last weekend, but hopefully here it's an exclusive sneak preview of what's coming out this weekend. What kind of books? And, and give us an example. Sure. So, so one, of, one of the books that I'll post on probably probably tomorrow yeah. is, is a book called Why Privacy Matters. And it's a book by a professor. I don't have his name offhand, but really? a very interesting book. And it talks about human privacy and information. And he starts with the premise that, you know, a lot of people will say that privacy is gone, uh, but it's a dialogue and discussion about, you know, privacy and, and, and information flow. Um, and it's important, I think, in the current, you know, kind of world we live in, uh, right. as we talk about all the, the various, you know, uh, things that, that uh, social media platforms are doing, including LinkedIn. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow. Uh, Sunday, I haven't decided yet, although... Uh, I had written a mini review for, for the, the Chicago Bar Association that I might expand on Stacey Abrams' uh, novel. She wrote okay. a kind of a political thriller slash legal genre book that's that's entertaining about a Supreme Court justice that uh, goes into a coma and yeah. uh, his clerk is now, you know, uh, running wild trying to implement his thoughts. And there's a case pending. It's It's kind of an interesting, you know, twist on, you know, what do you do with lifetime tenure when there's no nothing in the Constitution like the 25th Amendment for the president? That's that, that's great. And I mean, she's able to bring up her variety of experiences as an attorney as well uh, as an author. And she's able to bring it all to, into it. And I guess it also does explores real type of issues, which a lot of these type of thrillers do talk about. Right. I'm kind of real if then what if type scenarios. So are they're not thus exclusively nonfiction work in the world of privacy, right? This is an example of a novel, but you know, you know, it, it's a uh, factual fiction, so to speak. Yeah. What, what are some of the kind of books that you explore? And, and uh, how many books do you read at a time? Because this is, you know, not. not I'm going to guess that these aren't like short books, right? These are both no, of those that you mentioned can be uh, pretty heady. Like I said, I, I try to read uh, uh, two books a week, and, and on yeah. holidays, like next week when I'm off for a few days, I'll uh, have a lot of reading time. Um, right. You know, during travel and stuff, it's more difficult. But it's pretty broad range. So I read some some uh, things on the Supreme Court. I read things about history. I read uh, nonfiction. I read a book about uh, it was called uh, Metabolism. I, I can't remember the full title, but it talked about you know processed foods and Oh, okay. and diets and kind of all kinds of things. So, uh, and what was, just, just, was that like a passion project or is there any relevance to clients or, you know, uh, not, you know, what, what happens more and more lately is I get emails or I get things on LinkedIn, I'll, sure. I'll get private messages or on, on the post that I make, someone will say, well, you should check out this book or right. you might want to read this book. I loved it. And, and, uh, always interested. And so when I see those books, I get right on the, uh, Chicago Public Library, see if they have it. And if they don't, I'll, I'll, I'll tend to buy a book from, from Amazon. 
Sure. I, I have a pretty broad interest in reading and, and a wide variety of things. You know, I'd read some, somewhere, I forget which, you know, executive or billionaire or legal person. They talked about like reading a bunch of different stuff because even fiction, like you said, and all this different stuff, you can kind of tie it together and it, it kind of helps your thought process and a lot of things and including, you know, helping my clients with their needs and situations. You never know what you're going to read in a book that then makes you think about something else. Yeah, especially in your world where you're, you're, you can pull in a variety of viewpoints and you're talking to clients. So from that aspect, you want to be that much more nimble. So good for you, right? Because you don't want, you know, all work and, and no play, you know, makes a, right. makes a dull day. So from that aspect, it, that's tremendous. So that's, so that helps you, you know, there's that other saying that uh, leaders are readers, right? So from that aspect, you, you are a thought leader and you are able to distill that perspective. Uh, so that's really neat. Um, so that's the weekend of content. Then you also have your podcast, uh, which itself produces content. So talk to us about that. Is it a video podcast? Is it audio only? It's an interview show, it sounds like. So who do you interview? How often do you do that? And thus, how does it relate to your LinkedIn postings? Sure. So the, the podcast is the Podium and Panel podcast. And so say that again. What's the name of the show? The Podium and Panel Okay. It's audio only, although we use video to, you know, it, it helps with queuing and, right, and kind of reactions. Sure. Uh, we have special episodes where we do invite uh, advocates that have argued cases uh, to speak with us, whether it's before the Supreme Court of the United States or other courts. We focus on Illinois and Indiana courts, including uh, the federal courts in those. And my co-host, Pat Eckler, and I, uh, every Sunday, we, we tape it. And uh, we started in January 2021. And we cover, again, we cover oral arguments that are uh, at the appellate level, uh, either at, at, again, the state court level, uh, the uh, federal courts, including up to the Supreme Court of the United States. Yeah. And we, we used to cover three cases. We talk about some various rules. And then uh, we post those. And then we have special episodes with, again, advocates that, uh, have argued in these cases. We try to get them on to talk about it, you know, and, and have an open uh, dialogue. And so it's been a lot of fun. And again, yeah. that, that does create content. We've, we've got, you know, on LinkedIn, the, the podium and panel link. And so every week we we put our, we also make predictions about the cases we talk about. And so we've kept a running score of our records, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, so, well, yeah, let's not gloss over that, Dan. Well, what's so, how are you doing with your average right now? I, th I think we're like 84, 15, and 7. So occasionally we punt because it's hard to predict from, you know, the type of cases or we don't have knowledge. Yeah, uh, so yeah. We, we've gotten predictions wrong 15 times, which, which sounds, you know, sounds like a great record, but it's, you know, some cases that we cover, it's pretty obvious, you know, from the questioning and stuff. Um, and others, it's more difficult to really predict. Yeah, what, what well, fair enough. Are. Good for you, 85. Not, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Better than most. Yeah. That's cool. It's good. To, so we can come to you for that too. That's it's not it's not bad. So uh, that you, you tape it Sundays, and how do you and when do you release it? How often is it released? And where do people find it? Is it on the podcast platforms? Where it is, it is. Yeah. It's on. Uh, um, it, uh, it, we tape uh, using Squadcast, yeah. And then we upload it to Anchor. Anchor's yep. our home base, and then it gets distributed, to, like you said, with you know. You can watch it, you listen to it on Apple or, you know, 
Stitcher or all those various. Well, Spotify. I think Spotify owns Anchor yeah, and Spotify. Assuming Spotify, yeah. so that's cool. Yeah, Anchor. And, distributes uh, I, it. Yeah. And then, do you send it out by email, or is it on your website? Like, or is there part of that regular distribution? Yeah. So we, we don't have a website for the podcast per se, okay. but what what happens is my co-host every week uh, when it's posted, he posts on LinkedIn, and that's really the only platform that yeah. we really advertise it right now. That makes um, sense. I mean, skim the topic. It's it's not yeah. really uh, your typical TikTok type post. So. And it's you know it's it's you know it's primarily for lawyers and yeah. primarily for lawyers that that are you know do appellate work you know so yeah. you're, you're talking about a pretty small slice compared to right, right, right. a lot of yeah. other more general interest podcasts that are out there. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. So, uh, so that's that's a promotion from there. Have you gotten business from your podcast? Have, have any of the the guests that have come on have they been referral relationships to others, and, and has that produced, or is it purely like a passion project because of your profession? It's uh, for me, I don't think there's been any business just because yeah, okay. again, I don't, I don't really litigate, but there, there yeah. have been inquiries and follow up with various topics. And we, and we talked some about privacy and like the right. bio. That's why I asked, like, is it like even indirectly? Well, so there's that where people will follow up with that stuff. Cool. Uh, my, my co host does uh, insurance defense, right? And so I haven't asked him directly, but I think that he's he's probably gotten some traction and get sure. some follow up uh, based, based on again his expertise and things. So, yeah. yeah. And we got to get to like the main point of the show, which is how you get business from LinkedIn. Um, Pat is your, your, your co-host, you said, Pat Eckler. Yes. Did you come to our uh, podcast event last week for the, for the show hosts? No, I, I missed it. Uh, yeah. I'm forgetting like what we chatted on LinkedIn about it. Yeah. So you're coming January. Hopefully Pat can come January too, because he'll hold, no, have a little different perspective. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool. So let's actually dive into like the specific topic, which for me, like all this stuff is really interesting. I think all this shines a light of how uh, the, the stuff you do on LinkedIn is not in a vacuum. Like it is a culmination. It's a, basically a watershed of everything else that you're doing. So, you know, as much as like we didn't go straight into it, like we do in other shows of like, all right, how do you get business from LinkedIn? I think this buildup is tremendously informative, insightful, if not inspirational for others who go, oh, this LinkedIn thing doesn't work. Well, what are they working on? Like, what are they doing? I mean, you're, you're putting a lot into it. A, it's passion, it's what you enjoy, um, but it's, there's productive value there in itself, right? You're reading for productive value for yourself, so you may as well turn that into content. You want to keep up with what's happening with different cases, so you may as well turn that into a podcast, and all of this turns into content marketing, to use that phrase for your practice or the firm. So it's great. So give us an example of how all of this stuff that you are throwing into the LinkedIn soup, how has that benefited you? How have you gotten a client from LinkedIn? Sure. Uh, two, a couple of things come to mind. One is, as I mentioned, I've been on a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's been a long time in-house at insurance organizations. And so a lot of my contacts, I mean, I have broad contacts of all kinds of folks, uh, but a lot in the insurance space. And so on several occasions, I've had uh, folks where I posted something and get an inbox, you know, a note uh, from them saying, hey, I want to introduce you to so-and-so. I've moved to a new company. And uh, at least in, in several instances, uh, given that expertise and things, um, that has translated to direct business because the, the introduction's made. Uh, somebody says, hey, check out Dan Cotter's you know, post on this. He, he knows what he's talking about in you know, XYZ area. So that's happened in the insurance space. Um, and, and it's been produ productive. Um, it's also happened in the data privacy and cyberspace for the same reasons. Somebody, you know, posted, you know, we're circulating my thing. 
the, the beauty of, of LinkedIn with millions of users, right, is that if somebody in your chain or even not sees in their scroll something that's, that's uh, uh, beneficial and on point to them and they recirculate it to their groups, um, you end up with, you know, getting an invite from somebody saying, hey, I saw that we're connected with so-and-so. They posted something that you wrote or, or talked about. Yeah. I'd love to learn more. And that, that that happens, you know, it's not, you know, it's it's not like you can quantify and say like it happens every week or month. But I think, um, you know, one of the things that we, we've been talking about is, is you know, being active on LinkedIn and kind of uh, really putting out things out there uh, that, that will then turn to uh, visibility and 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 future work uh, and and referrals and connectivity. And you do become a subject expert if you can find that niche. Uh, where you're posting all the time on something so that it becomes, hey, uh, Vic is the guy for this, right? And I, yeah. want to, I want to meet Vic and, and reach out to him. And I, I think you well said, Dan, because ultimately it's top of mind. And, you know, you're in a, in a very specific area where it's not like happening yet. Um, maybe happening all the time, but it may not happen all the time in your circle. But when it does, you're top of mind. They see you where there's that word of mouth concept happening because you're putting it out there and you're active. Because the opposite is also true. If you're out of sight, you're out of mind and thus out of those right. referrals. And, you know, it, it's like silly to ignore the platform where, as you said, there are millions of users, but there are thousands of these. This is your Rolodex, a living Rolodex. So congratulations on that, where you're able to literally see that you're posting and people are referencing those posts when they're referring you. So that becomes collateral material because that's the easiest way for people to essentially legitimize you, right? And saying, this is the why you got to go to Dan. He's the go-to expert for this reason. That's, that's uh, tremendous. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, I would love for you to share a couple of things or one thing that you really love about LinkedIn and then share with us, Something that you really don't like about LinkedIn, something that really annoys you. I know there's tons of stuff about LinkedIn that as much as I love LinkedIn, there you know, there are things that really rub me the wrong way of like head scratchers. So there may be something that you really love and something that you really don't love. Uh, and we'll come back after a minute. Do you want your own podcast like this one? My team will do all the grunt work for you. Just show up, smile, and enjoy talking to your potential clients and referral relationships. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Are you a busy lawyer, coach, consultant like me? You should have a podcast done for you to get you more clients, impress your colleagues, and it becomes your perpetual referrals flywheel. We find you the right guests. We schedule your guests, handle all the podcast tech, get you into Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and more done for you. Go to videosocials.net slash govip to watch our nine-minute webinar for all the details. Now back to the show. And back to our guest, Dan. But And Dan, you mentioned right when we were talking about PAD and, and, and the podcast event uh, for January 27th, and I think I kind of rushed over that. And I should kind of mention the audience to the audience like what we were talking about. So January 27th, we're bringing folks like you over uh, to uh, our event. We did the first one last week in, in December. So the second one, uh, first one was great. It was like over 100 participants. We did breakout rooms. And basically the premise was like people like us who host shows, 
we often like to be on other people's shows and, and be interviewed as a guest expert, case in point, like what we're doing here, Dan. Uh, and I like being on other people's shows. Uh, and, and a lot of our clients and members have their own live streams and podcasts and audio podcasts and, all, and video interview podcasts. So for me to bring uh, together all those people uh, is tremendous. We, I think we right now we're up to, I want to say, about 35 show hosts RSVP as of today, December 15th. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be kind of well over 100 again uh, for January 27th. So thanks uh, so much for uh, coming, Dan. I'm looking forward to, to seeing you on the 27th. And, and thanks again for coming on the show and kind of sharing your own experience, uh, because this isn't like a, a show of, of pontificating and lessons from like all high and mighty of gurus telling us what we should be doing. It's from your own experience of what you found works and what you're able to keep up with, even in your busy schedule. So as we wrap up, what's something that you really love about LinkedIn? I love that that for the most part it's substantive stuff and and that it's relevant, uh, and that you can find uh, great streams and great posts from great people, and meeting people like yourself, and uh, being able to network and and build that like I said virtual rolodex, and that it's transferable no matter you know where you, where you go or end up you don't have to recreate uh, kind of that platform, and so yeah. I, I love it for that. And so it's substantive, right? So it's productive, it's professional. And as much as when Microsoft took over LinkedIn, they made a lot of changes to make it more sticky, to make the, the messenger more, you know, the inbox more messenger chat-like, which I love because it, it, it removes uh, the, the formality of an email, uh, even if there is, you know, sometimes people aren't that formal by email, but it, it brings it to the informality of a text message, which can be very convenient because like, you know, only so many salutations I can give, but I just want to have a quick one sentence question. Uh, so I'll, those are things that I love about LinkedIn. Uh, and I'm also happy that they didn't go the, the route of Facebook or, or Instagram and TikTok of trying to be truly a social media because they're probably the only dominant you know, platform for real peer to peer, professional to professional business networking. And for it to be social networking, social media is a nice generic word for it, but it's not really, right? It, it is a productive platform where we can have productive conversations and do business and not feel awkward because it's sometimes awkward to do that on Facebook where we're hanging out. And if someone's like pitching themselves or, or trying to do business, it's like, I'm, you know, it, it's, I'm, I'm there kind of in my PJs and, and, or at a barbecue, literally, figuratively. Um, and so on LinkedIn, it's, it's meant for this stuff. It's meant for us to exchange business cards, literally and figuratively. So that's really cool. What's something that you don't like about LinkedIn? What's something that over all these years that you've been active on LinkedIn, it still annoys you? The, the thing I don't like and, and that uh, seems to happen more, more frequently is uh, the invites. I'm pretty open about accepting invites, but then immediately getting hammered with, you know, can we get on a chat and try to, try to sell me something? Uh, also, there seems to be a misidentification a lot. There, there must be a Daniel A. Cotter oh, yeah. uh, who is a dentist and mm. one that's an accountant because I get constantly uh, emails and, and posts about improving my dental practice and <laughs> <laughs> I have to respond. I'm not. A, I'm not a dentist. You know, I'm like like I'm a, a, a Rudolph, right? You want to be a dentist? No, I'm not a dentist. So um, that that's kind of stuff that bugs me. And then uh, at times the, the the politics creeps in. And again, like you said, Facebook, Twitter, all that's loaded with that stuff. So for me, LinkedIn is somewhere I want to be to not 
engaged in the political, you know, right. attacks on one party or the other. I yeah. really want it to be about, you know, substantive and professional. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for the most part, LinkedIn does a good job. I mean, it's it's all users, right? It's not really LinkedIn policing, but people know like this is a workplace, it's a professional environment that, you know, if you want to have that kind of heated conversation. Yeah, or I should say petty conversation, I take it to social media. It can still be productive, right? I mean, you can have a political discourse in a productive way, perhaps, especially if it's a lot of people's professions. Um, and that, that's one aspect. Um, the other, only other thing I would say, you know, of course, people, Dan Cotter, I guess, is a popular name. Luckily, you're being associated with an accountant and a dentist, right? I mean, there could be far worse circumstances. <laughs> there, there may be far worse Dan Cotters out there. So at least, you know, Good thing, you know, all the Dan Cotters seem to be pretty reputable, so that's a pretty that's, good thing. That's right. Yeah, you can't go wrong if you meet a Dan Cotter. Uh, but, and then, like the first thing you mentioned, you know, on behalf of like the marketing profession, uh, where, where you know I'm training people to uh, to do uh, to pitch themselves, but in an appropriate way. Yeah, there's no reason to like to pitch before the relationship. Like I think it's meant for uh, the relationship platform as opposed to a spamming platform. I mean. There's always a time and place to pitch and to see if there's a need, right? I mean, we, we all have to do that as professionals. Like, right. we need to fulfill a need. And that's that's okay. But to do it like it's the cart before the horse, you know, it's like the whole point is to develop the relationship and develop some type of a, a working arrangement. And then, of course, to see if there's a need. Um, and, and that can happen over time. And, and you do that for your own profession. I have to do that. And everyone else should do that appropriately. So, I mean, that's just a... Uh, um, you know, LinkedIn makes money sometimes on those sponsored messages, et cetera. So they got to make money somehow. Um, they're doing okay as a company bought out by Microsoft. So um, I, won't, I won't necessarily fault them there, uh, but that's like the nature of the beast. But that's a good that's a good love and hate, so to speak, uh, of, of how you use LinkedIn. Dan, this has been phenomenal. Thank you for taking the time of giving us a glimpse into what I'll call your content marketing, but also how you're active in your profession as a thought leader, as a subject matter expert. How can people get a hold of you? What's the easiest way for people to ask you questions, get around cybersecurity and, and the legal regulations around that, or your book reviews, your podcast, et cetera? How do people get into your work? Well, thanks for having me, Zach. Uh, first and foremost, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, also, my, my email is dac at h2law.com. And my phone number, the best one to reach me is myself, 312-502-7480. And... Uh, Hopefully, I look forward to chatting with anybody who's interested in chatting with me. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm sure uh, people will reach out. Obviously, it makes sense for people to reach out to you through LinkedIn. So if you do uh, get this Dan Cotter or any other Dan Cotter, be sure to mention uh, Be sure to mention LinkedIn for lawyers. I'm sure the dentist and the accountant will be confused. Maybe they'll listen in Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on LinkedIn, on my Facebook, on our YouTube channel, uh, or through all the podcast platforms that we mentioned that Dan is also active on, like Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, that I personally use. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, meeting all of you as an audience uh, for your questions around your own video interview podcast. And thank you to Dan once again. My name is Vikram Rajan, co-host, uh, pardon, co-founder of Video Socials and the host for LinkedIn for Lawyers, true stories of client acquisition told by attorneys. See you next time. Thank you, Dan. Thank you.